Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short and I'm so glad to have you along with me today. As we get into the Word of God today and every day, live here at 8.30, later on you can watch later on or you can hear the, the podcast download on the Apple, Spotify, or Google platforms. We've been talking about education, the importance of what we learn, how we learn. Did you know that all education starts with and has as a foundation faith? Wait a minute. I thought faith wasn't supposed to be a part of our education. I thought we were supposed to be a secular education or have a secular education. But believe it or not, faith is involved in all education to this level at least, and that's this. Everyone has certain unprovable assumptions about life that they accept by faith. They're accepted by faith because you can't prove them. It's just what you believe to be true. And it's how you see the world. It colors how you see the world. It colors what you see to be everything about how you understand information, how you understand the world, how you understand yourself. I'd like to talk about some of those basic beliefs today. We call them presuppositions. Now, people who secularists who don't believe in God, the, the big presupposition they have is that science is the basis for all truth. And I run into people all the time, they say, I believe in science, I don't believe in God. We've really seen this conflict in, and this, this belief that science has all the answers in the last couple of years as we've addressed questions like the pandemic. But let me tell you, science does not have all the answers. Science deals with the physical world alone. And as such, it, it measures, it examines, it makes hypotheses about what we can see, hear, smell, taste, touch. The physical world, the material world. But the assumption or the presupposition that a, a person who, shall we say, believes in scientism, that science has all the answers, the assumption is that the physical or material world is all there is. They can't prove that. That's a presupposition. That's something a person believes on the basis of faith. You can't, to say that all that exists is what can be seen or experienced materially, that's a, that's a faith statement. And dare I say, it has taken over and is predominant in so much of what young people are taught today. Let's look at some of these presuppositions and these questions that we have uh, that where this conflict goes on in our understanding of the world and our understanding of education. These are important presuppositions. And dare I say, when you look at the world, when you consider your own education, you consider the education of your children or your grandchildren, I believe it's critical that you you think through these presuppositions and you receive an education as much as possible from people who share the basic presuppositions you have. Otherwise, these presuppositions often aren't even talked about. They are assumed. And so when you look at knowledge, you look at information, you consider what knowledge you're even presented in the classroom or by a teacher, the knowledge presented will reflect the presuppositions they hold and, they, and therefore can be greatly skewed to favor 
and to support. It is what we call circular reasoning. Because you come with a foundation, you only present the information that supports that foundation because you don't believe in other presuppositions. Presupposition number one, from a Christian perspective, is this. There's a God. There is a God. Now, I cannot prove there's a God. But the secularist who, who doesn't believe in God and doesn't believe God can be a part of education, they can't prove there isn't a God. Personally, I think the, the uh, burden of proof should be on them in light of the fact that throughout history, it seems like just about everybody's believed in God. Cultures everywhere, even in, in places where secular education is promoted, people still tend to believe in God. And to this day, right here in America, even with our growth of, sec, of skepticism and as much secular, non-religious educations we've had, still the vast majority of Americans believe in God. This ought to be part of our education. In the secular world, faith is considered opinion. And it is, and it, the assumption that we'll only educate on what we can see and so on, based on the material world, come on, folks. Our education goes way beyond what can be seen. They're told this, but there's, a, there's tons of values that are taught, ideas that are taught, expectations of your place in the world when you grow up that are being taught by secularists that are, are non-material, and yet they will tell us. They don't do that. Question number one, we believe there's a God. Others believe, well, either there's not a God or because we don't know, it can't be part of our education. Friends, it must be the foundation of our education. Again, we've seen in the last couple of days, Proverbs 1, 7, the fear of the Lord, the respect, the honor of God is the beginning of knowledge. Where God is excluded from knowledge, Romans 1 tells us, they were given over to a, a depraved mind. God is, in the secular worldview, you have this circle of knowledge, and in it is science and the material world and things of this name, mathematics. And outside of it, outside the circle of knowledge, is God. He's put on the outside. Where does he belong? He belongs smack dab right in the middle. From him, through him, and to him are all things. We must understand, this is so critical, that if, if we are learning our education, if our whole education is based on, on, on someone who says, there might or might not be a God, but we're going to leave him outside the circle of knowledge, it is a, it's based on a faulty foundation. It will fail. It will we'll construct a whole understanding of life that if you believe in Christ and you believe in God is a different foundation. It is a different, it's a different way of looking at the world and everything springs from that. I can't say it too strongly. I can't say it too strongly. Listen, for your life and parents you, and, and grandparents, this is critical. How do you see life? Is there a God or is there not? It affects everything. It leads to the next one. He made me. Again, we, if you believe there's no God, you, you must believe you are merely an accident of nature. You have no ultimate purpose. How can you? You're just here because somehow DNA 
mutated by accident. By definition, it's an accident. It's a mistake in the, rep uh, in the replication of the DNA. The evolutionary concept that we're, that of natural selection and, and naturalistic evolution, it leaves no room for a genuine purpose in life. Now, you can try and construct your own. You can come up with what you think is your reason for living, but there's no solid ultimate answer, ultimate reason for life if you don't believe in God. It's just what you come up with. And what you come up with can be one thing today and another thing tomorrow. And everybody has these different things. There's no ultimate foundation upon which to stand. That leads to a third thing. If he made me, if he made me, well, I'm accountable to him. Modern education teaches you're accountable to yourself. Or it teaches you're accountable to the state, to the government, to the culture, to the collective. It's what we call socialism or communism, Marxism. But the idea that you're accountable to God, you're not going to get the, the, some education. You will never get that. You will never get that. But your education must say that. Your understanding of the world. Now, can I prove this? Again, we're talking about certain presuppositions. I can't prove there's a God. The other side can't prove there's not a God. I can't prove you're created by God. To me, I look at the evidence, it's overwhelming. The other side can't prove you're not created by God. They point to certain things in evolution. I point to other, the same data. And I talk about how order and intelligence, I, I see it everywhere. I don't see us as an accident. They do. I can't prove that ultimately you're accountable to God. They can't prove that your only accountability is to yourself or to the state, the government, the culture. This is an unprovable presupposition. But it does affect the way you will see life. It does affect the way you will understand your place in this world. It does affect how you understand who you are and what duty you have, what responsibilities you have as a human being. And this, my friends, is all part of education. Education is about a lot more than just learning your three R's. Oh, we left that behind decades, dec generations ago. Education, rightly, is about understanding how to become an adult, how to take your place in this world. What is your role? What are your responsibilities? What's it mean to be a good person? What's it mean to be, what's that look like? This is part of education. And so you must have this presupposition. Who am I accountable to? From this same thing springs a, another presupposition, and that is this. There is right and wrong. Now, both sides believe, believe that there is right or wrong, but the God-centered side has a whole different definition of what's right and wrong than the other side. We understand that rightness and wrongness comes from the nature of God, the character of God. It is reflected in the Ten Commandments and other commandments given to us in Scripture. This is where we understand the solid basis, foundation of morality. But if you, the other side, there's no God, and I'm not accountable to God, I'm accountable to me, and I'm accountable to the state and to the culture, well, so many of their moral absolutes come down to what we would call today cultural Marxism. And that is the number one 
the number one absolute of all is equality. Everything, everyone, it all must be equal. We aim for that. That's what it's all about. This is cultural Marxism. That, 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 to them, who you sleep with is not a matter of right and wrong. What you do with your own body is not a matter of right and wrong. Your responsibility to God, no, no, no. All that matters is working towards a, this equality. That's their goal. That's what they believe to be the absolute moral imperative of our time. We believe there's life after death. They don't. Now, some of them do. I'm not saying that everyone who teaches say this other side on this, but is there life after death? My friends, when you consider a teacher that you would entrust your children to, and you would let influence them for hours every day, day after day, week after week, or a system of understanding that you would allow to influence them for years, do they believe there's life after death? Do they believe that, that if there's no life after death, eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die? If it's all, all, only for this world, then no wonder that for so many people today, the ultimate goal is just their own happiness and pleasure. Whereas if you have this other presupposition, this other understanding, someday I will stand before Almighty God, give an account of my life, and it is my hope, my desire to enter into eternal glory and not have, not have eternal judgment upon me. You're going to see life differently. You want people to be influencing you and your family, your children, your grandchildren. You want people to be influencing you who believe in God, who believe we are accountable to God, who believe there is right and wrong, who believe that we will live forever, who believe that God is actively involved in our world. He created, He made us, He sets the parameters of right and wrong. It all comes from Him. This, this is this. This can't be separated out that we only think about this on Sunday morning and, we, and our children, we don't think about it eight hours a day, day after day, week after week as they're growing up and being trained and taught about how to view the world and their place in it. Now, I can't prove any of these things I just said to you, nor can those who disagree with them prove that these things are not true. But I base my assumption, to me, it makes sense, and I believe it's reasonable. I have thought it out. I bet you have, too. I know there's a God, and I want the people who influence me to be people who believe in God, believe He made me, believe we're accountable to Him, believe He determines right and wrong, and believe that someday I will stand before Him on that judgment day. I want to live in ways that He would be pleased with. I don't want to have the primary people affecting me in life and the primary people influencing me and training me and teaching me have the unspoken, unprovable presupposition guiding them that says the only one you're really accountable to is to you or the state, the government, the culture, that ultimately you determine your destiny. You decide right and wrong. That's not who I want influencing my life. It's not who I want training my children or grandchildren in how they should be seeing life either. Okay? Father in heaven, we come to you today and we just confess that we are more and more feeling like strangers and aliens in the world in which we live. 
We think, Lord, of how there's a time in, in our culture, it seems, in our history, it seems as if there was, a, there was a fear of God, a respect of God, an assumption that, of course, there's a God. And, of course, he created us. And, of course, we're accountable to him. And, of course, we, we want to embrace his teaching, your teaching, Father, of what is good and right and true. Indeed, it rings true within our own conscience. And we've seen how it works. But, Father, we confess that there's been a great uh, attack and undermining of those presuppositions. And, and Lord, in our, so much of our society and our culture today, our education our entertainment, our government, our business world. Lord, even our churches sometimes it seems, some of these very pillars are under attack. They've been defeated. They've been overcome. They've been, these other pillars, these other, this other ideas prevailed in so many of our institutions. And in some cases, even in the church, we're weakening. Even in the church, Lord, we're not standing strong. We pray today, O oh God, for us as believers, for our churches, and for our families to be building our own lives, those of our children, those of our families, those of our church members upon these vital, vital presuppositions. Help us, Lord, not to be naive. Sometimes I fear, Lord, that we're trying to, uh, the, 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 the foundation is bad and therefore, we're trying to build a building on top of it with our Bible teaching, but we've neglected the foundation. Because the foundation's bad, all that Bible teaching, it's not sticking, it's not working. Help us, Lord. If the found, I think of the verse, the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? Lord, we pray for our own lives and those of our families and those in our churches. Help us to realize these foundational truths and to hold to them tenaciously. I pray for this. Help me, Lord, when I preach on campus. Help me, Lord, when I talk to other Christian leaders to hold on to these truths tenaciously. These are not negotiable. I pray for this, and I pray for our churches and our families. I ask for that. Have mercy upon us, O oh God. Open our eyes. Awaken us to how far down the road are even we and our loved ones and our churches and our culture has gone in embracing an understanding of the world that really is in rebellion to you. We pray for your mercy, grace, and forgiveness. Give us strength to stand boldly and to articulate clearly the truths that matter, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. It's important stuff, folks. Lots of times it's not even talked about. It's kind of assumed in church, but it needs to be stated over and over. It needs to be stated because the other side is so persistent. And the it, sometimes I I feel like when I go on campus and I assert these truths, it's like I'm in a battle and I've got a little squirt gun and they've got cannons shooting at me. But you know what? As we're seeing in Ukraine, sometimes you win because of the moral courage. And if the other side has, even if they have more weapons, if they don't have that morale, they may not always win. Let's you and I have our morale up. Let you and I have the confidence and boldness to assert these truths without fear and certainly without shame. Okay? All right. So glad to have you along. If you're new today, welcome. I hope you subscribe and hit the notify button and that you come back and join us every single day. We're here live at 830 on YouTube every morning. 
but also you can watch later in the day or you can listen on the Apple, Spotify, or Google platforms if you want to just download the uh, podcast. Search for Tom the Preacher and you can find us. Until tomorrow, you be blessed. Might God's face shine upon you. Might he strengthen you in your innermost being and might he fill you, fill you with the fullness of the love of God. Amen. God bless you and bye-bye.